This is the daily podcast from St Paul's Knightsbridge, an invitation to pause for not more than 10 minutes each day to think, to reflect and to pray. This week, as the church returns to ordinary time, an invitation to consider the ordinariness of things. I have two vivid memories of time spent in the library during my life in Oxford. In fact, many more than two, which is no surprise given the length of time we spent studying, usually in my case in the Radcliffe camera. But the two which stand out concern the catalogue in the main building. In many libraries, you can go and scan the open shelves to find what you want. But so vast is the Bodleian Collection, one of the nation's copyright libraries, which by law receives a copy of every book published, that only a tiny part of the whole is on open access. The rest comprise a vast hidden library, partly underground and partly on other sites, from which members of the library can request books to be brought to a particular reading room for consultation. The catalogue, therefore, was the key to unlocking access to the stack. In those days, long before everything became digital and accessible online, the catalogue was a series of big books into which, typed on little slips of paper, were pasted the details of every book held in the stack, its publication date, its title, its author. Looking one day for some particular book, I cannot now remember which, you can imagine my sheer horror when, turning the pages of the catalogue, one of the little pasted slips detached itself and fluttered to the floor, and before I could retrieve it, slipped under a heavy piece of furniture that clearly was never moved. Looking back now, I know that I should have spoken to the librarian and told her what had happened, but guiltily, fearing in the moment that in some way I was responsible for the accident, which I absolutely wasn't, I quietly closed the catalogue, returned it to its place on the shelf, and slipped out. I'm haunted to this day by the knowledge that whatever book was on that slip of paper, it is in effect lost to the world of academia forever, and languishes, forgotten, unloved, gathering dust in the stack where it will remain until the end of time unconsulted, because no one will know it's there. The other memory of the same catalogue on another occasion, an occasion in which the glue didn't fail, was the delight of finding a book's title that had been mistyped on one of those slips of paper, imagine, in the Bodleian. What was funny, I mean not rip-roaring, side-splitting funny, but nonetheless smile-inducing, albeit a slightly esoteric piece of humour, which at any rate made me smile, was the rendering of the title of the latest book by Professor Nicholas Lash of Cambridge. It had been mistyped. Easter is ordinary said the slip of paper. And the actual title is Easter in Ordinary, one of the 20th century's most delicate and nuanced explorations of human experience and the knowledge of God, as the book's subtitle puts it. Nicholas Lash, as his wife of 45 years said at his eulogy at his funeral last year in Cambridge, was someone for whom words mattered. He wrote exquisitely, and though the book is a really tough read, it's a grown-up piece of writing, it is endlessly rewarding, in the end more like poetry than theology.
In the book, Professor Lash begins with one of the classic expositions of the notion of religious experience, entitled Varieties of Religious Experience, written by the late 19th century American philosopher and psychologist William James. And then, in turn, working through Hegel, Kant, Schleiermacher, Newman, von Hugel and Martin Buber, he explores the assumptions that we make about what religious experience is and what that says about our understanding of God and the world. Why do only some claim to have religious experiences while others don't? Perhaps some have said it's because of psychology, that some are predisposed to, open to religious experience, or who instinctively categorise their experiences of the world in religious terms. But does this, asks Nicholas Lash, mean that religious experience is the preserve only of those who are so attuned? Well, surely not. And why is the experience of God thought to be the preserve only of those who are religious in their way of behaving and believing? Lash contests this idea that it is only the religious, those who inhabit or who are at home in the world of organised religion, who can live their lives in relation to the transformative mystery of God. Indeed, he goes on, those who get lost in religion may find it hard to escape that world of their creating and recognise and celebrate the presence of God in the ordinary places of the world beyond the religious sphere. Why does theology so often codify, simplify and ultimately dumb down the complexity of the world and our sense of God's involvement in that complexity, seeking to reduce and define things concretely, even if ultimately there is a deep simplicity in the mystery of God? And why, paradoxically, does that process of codification or pinning down mystery, what Lash calls the flight into thought, why does that exclude so many people, making theology the preserve of an elite, rather than seeing it as the work of every human being in simply making meaning out of living into and out of complexity. Why is the book called Easter in Ordinary? Well, at the end, and having contended that the task of theology is much more like poetry than prose, holding experience and reflection on that experience in a dynamic relationship through the spinning of language language in which there is the possibility of transformation. At the end, Nicholas Lash quotes two pieces of poetry which, he says, achieve what proper theology should. The second of these is a passage from Gerard Manley Hopkins's poem The Wreck of the Deutschland, in which the poet uses Easter not as a proper noun, as we normally do, but as a verb. Let him Easter in us, be a dayspring to the dimness of us. It's brilliant, as Gerard Manley Hopkins so often was. The first passage, though, is also by George Herbert, whom we encountered in these podcasts on Tuesday, and his sonnet, Prayer. Prayer, the church's banquet, angel's age. God's breath in man returning to his birth, the soul in paraphrase, heart in pilgrimage, 
the Christian plummet sounding heaven and earth. Exalted manna, gladness of the best, heaven in ordinary, a man well dressed. Nicholas Lash conflates these two. Herbert's heaven in ordinary and Jeremy Hopkins' verb to Easter and paints theology as the task of everyone in everyday life, in ordinary life, being fully open to complexity, not reducing that complexity but making meaning amidst it, but also through that making of meaning encountering the transformative work of God's mystery. This is not the preserve of the gifted few. It is the destiny of everyone in their ordinary lives. And tomorrow, Friday, we have the last of the short series on ordinariness.